Well, good evening. We're glad you're here. I'm not sure you are glad you're here, but I'm glad you're here. It's terrible preaching to an empty sanctuary, so it's good to see you all. Uh, tonight we're uh, on the parable of who's coming for dinner or the wedding banquet. Um, it's in Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22, beginning in verse 1. Those who are able would like to stand while we read God's word. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted calf have been butchered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. Go into the street corners and invite the banquet to anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, both good and bad. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came to see the guests, he noticed a man who was there not wearing wedding clothes. Friend, he asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot, throw him outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. May God bless the reading of his word. You be seated. So here we have the parable of the wedding banquet. It's kind of curious, some of the way it's worded, and some of the things that are part of it. We'll try to unpack a little bit of it. But most of us would be excited to be invited by the king to come to a wedding banquet. Well, any banquet, for that matter, but a wedding banquet is going to be especially great. You know, there's going to be good food, wedding cake, you know, all the good stuff, the, the, the great music, all the things that go along with it. And it should be an honor. And... And the curious fact, it should be one thing, this honor should be another. I mean, this is free food and a feast for everyone. This should be a no-brainer. Why would anybody turn this down? Yet, they did. Everything was ready. The servants were sent out. Why didn't the people want to come? Of course, we know that the, the king is God. Is who's represented in this. The wedding's for his son, Jesus. We are basically the bride. We were the guests invited, and he invited first who? The Jews. He went to the Jews, for, that was his people. And they should have been ready to go and do that. But what did they do? They said no. The Jewish people didn't accept him. They didn't accept who Jesus was. They were... Things get kind of muddled when you look at this, because when the, invi the master invites you, it's your opportunity to respond. And you may not get another chance to respond. You know, we talked about that this morning with the procrastination. We talked a little bit about, well, you know, you may not have another chance. This may be your chance. So here the Jews were. They get busy, and they want to go on with their lives. Sometimes they're even more... Um, um, they're even mean to the messengers, weren't they? They were even mean to them. They didn't want to deal with them. They didn't want to have all this stuff. They're looking at this going, 
What are you talking about? What do we want? Go ahead, do what you want, invite us, but we're not interested. We've got better things to do. We've got businesses to go to. We've got fields to tend to. We don't need no bed, wedding feast. Don't give us frivolous parties. We forget that God's salvation is a party. I think sometimes we look at it as it's some kind of thing that, oh, woe is us. We've got this to carry on and we've got to do certain stuff and say the right thing and be the right, act the right way and do the things like we... No. He's inviting us to a party. Why don't we look like we're at a party most of the time? Huh? I mean, that's what, you know, when we come to church, we should act like, we're going to party. This is where we come. We're going to church. This is a fun time of the year. We come here, awesome music. We get to hear all the things. We get to do this stuff together. We see people that we like, and, and we hang out, and we, we talk, and we cut up, and we carry on, and it should be a great time, and yet people go, oh, geez, what you, what's wrong with you? What you what, what? And they do. They act like we're crazy. Um, they even try to kill their self-esteem or your reputation, all because they didn't like feel like accepting the invitation. That's what these people did. They just turned it down. I don't want your invitation. You all people, what do you think? Why would I deal with you? Why would I have that to deal with? Well, guess what? He's given us a great opportunity. The master is caring, and he doesn't want anyone to miss it, so he even gives them a second chance. He comes back again. We may would look at it this way. He sent his prophets, and he sent his messengers, and he sent disciples, and he sends all these people out again to say, look, we're offering you eternal life. We're offering you salvation from your sins and yourself. We're offering you opportunity like none before. Why would you go against that? So he goes out to someone else. We want to have a great time of celebration. If the guests don't want to come, find someone who will. Folks, Jesus told them to wipe the dust off their feet if they haven't accepted. God's saying, I'm going to give you a chance. I'll give you a second chance. But if you're not going to come, I'm going to invite somebody that will. So then he went to the Gentiles. He tried the Jews, his people, the ones that should know better, the ones that should know God best, the ones that should have obviously taken him up on the opportunity, and they went, no. We don't want to. We ain't got time for such. I don't got time for that silly salvation stuff. I ain't got time to have a party. I ain't got time to get, get fatted calf killed for me. I don't have time. Really? But that's what they're doing. So they all types of people they invite. <laughs> and it says, good and bad. <laughs> good and bad. That's us, isn't it? We're good and bad. There's times when we're good, there's times when we're not so good. We're good and bad. That's us. That's who he's invited. Come on in. We'll worry about the good and bad later. And then another curious point comes. Somebody wasn't dressed appropriately. <laughs> now, <laughs> we can take that and run a lot of different ways. You know, because we, we get that, you know, the, the new casual church. 
you know, were dressed accordingly. This has zero to do with that, <laughs> okay? That's not what it's talking about. In those days, they were given the clothes to wear to the wedding feast. They were given special robes to wear. Everybody was. This way, when they came in, everybody was dressed alike. Rich, poor, no matter what socioeconomic class they came from, it didn't matter. They were all alike. They were all there to celebrate what? The wedding. This was what was, it was about. It wasn't about you and what you did. It wasn't about if you had a nicer dress or a nicer cut than somebody else. It wasn't about how you looked and how you acted. It was about the wedding. Now I can step on my preacher side here and go, we have a lot of people that worry more about the wedding than they do the marriage. You know, they're so worried about what this wedding is going to look like and how these people are going to dress and how what kind of food we're going to serve, if the cake's just right, and if the flowers look perfect, and if the preacher does the right things, and whatever happens, we're more worried about that than what's going to happen forever after that. This is a marriage ceremony. The bride of Christ is us. Christ is coming, the groom. We're there to see, and it's going to be a marriage feast, and we're going to live forever, and it's going to go a lot farther than this. And this person came and didn't dress appropriately because he refused to wear the wedding garment. That seems kind of harsh, <laughs> the punishment he got. But was it? What we're talking about is in the day with those given, there's a lot of scripture passages that deals with salvation. We know that salvation, the Savior invites us to share in that salvation and with Him in a glorious feast. We also know that some don't accept that salvation. And that's basically what was happening. He was saying, I don't need what you're giving me. There's a lot of people that sit in churches today that are church members and act like they're all part of it, but they're not dressed appropriately. They do not have the covering of righteousness that is offered. You see, we are offered a covering of righteousness. Jesus' blood bought for us redemption and salvation. And all of a sudden, we've accepted the invitation, but we haven't trusted the Father. We've come to church, we've sat in the feast, but we didn't clothe ourselves with righteousness. We all know God can't face sin. So he can't face the, us that are not dressed and clothed with righteousness that covers that sin. And that's what we have to do. They have, God is saying, look, I'm going to have to reject you if you do not wear the clothing of righteousness. If you don't have the proper wedding garb, I'm going to have to throw you out. So this guy missed the whole thing, and there was much weeping and gnashing of teeth. That would be hell. He's thrown out of the wedding feast. Now, there's a whole bunch of folks that didn't even get in because they refused to come in. 
This guy was in. He had the opportunity. He had everything given him, everything he wanted. All he had to do was throw that robe of righteousness on. He'd have been fired. I'm going to do it. I'm going to play church. And there's those folks that do that. They play church. They're usually not in a Sunday night crowd. They're usually, uh, they're usually somewhere else. But what I'm saying is there's a lot of folks that go out there and they think they're, they act like they're Christians. Oh, yeah, I do. they say the right things, they do the right thing. They go through all the motions, but they haven't let Christ take their lives. They haven't put on the garment of Christ. They've decided that's not what they're going to do. They just don't understand how much the Father loves them and how much the Father can't face us as we are. Jesus had to pay the price so that we could be invited to this celebration. Everybody's dressed alike. The Father doesn't see one sin more than another. You like to rate them. <laughs> this sin's really bad. This sin's not so bad. sees the wedding garment. God sees what we've got on, the wedding garment. He doesn't know what kind of sinner you are. They don't know you were good or bad. Well, they don't know. He doesn't know. He doesn't care. He wants to see you clothed in his son's righteousness. And when we do that, then we are taken care of. That's how God sees us, covered by the blood of Christ. We're covered and taken away. The poor man didn't put on his wedding garment and miss the party. How many people have missed the party? No, there's a lot of chairs here that can be filled with people that aren't missing the party. <laughs> you know? Hey, folks. I can't stress enough that we as Christians have got to wake up and decide to let the people know that this is not gloom and doom, but a party. This is a feast. Folks, we have it made. Made in the shade. We got it covered. We got it. I mean, God is taking care of us. We don't have to worry about the guilt and the despair and all the junk that goes along with a sinful life. We don't have to worry about any of that stuff anymore because Christ has covered us with that. He's invited us to party with him. He wants us there. He's done everything he can. He's risked people's lives to come so we can have a great time together and we act like we're being tortured oh no it might rain and I gotta go to church I might have to walk in the rain and then there's so and so might be there and then they're gonna be all smiley and, and happy and I don't want to deal with that you know <laughs> and there's gonna be people there I'm gonna have to deal with them and you know you know that's what I say you know there's all this stuff that we, we look at and, and that I think sometimes we come to church thinking about oh man I could have been doing this I could have been doing that Folks, we should be so excited. This is a group to hang out. We are having a party. We can, we, we're, we're, we're enjoying all that God has given us, all the grace and love and power and, and, and hope that God's given us. I mean, in a normal day, today is a downer day with all the stuff going on with Ukraine and Russia. Let's, let's get real. None of us know what they're going to do. We don't know what Putin's going to do. He could push the wrong button at any time. And we could sit over here going, 
you gonna push the button? Uh, what is gonna happen? Where's gonna hit first? And what's it gonna do here? And how how's Biden gonna handle it? And what's gonna happen here? And we could all sit here and wring our hands and be, sing gloom and doom all night. But we have more to celebrate than that. As Paul says, to live is great, to die is even better. You know, we've got hope beyond it. This, this is like nothing. We talk Wednesday night about the glorious body we're going to have, you know. I'm not going to look like this anymore. How awesome is that? I'm not going to be withheld by walls. And so, I mean, think about it. We've got something to look forward to. And yet we sit around so many times and feel like, oh, what are we going to have? What's, ne- what's next? And are we going to finish this week? Or what, you know, what's going on? You know, we do all these things. And I do it too. I catch myself going, oh, man believe I gotta go you know so and so's gonna be mad at me because I said the wrong thing the other day and they're gonna do this you know we we what do we do we we call it majoring on the minors we we, we pick the little nitpicky stuff and we major on that when the big stuff's taken care of our eternity's secure we've got it covered we're covered in the wedding clothes God has invited us to the celebration we got a banquet feast in front of us we got the groom, it's Jesus Christ who's done all this for us, and he's ready to bring us in, and have, let's have a nice, great time. And you realize we're going to party for eternity? Think about it. And everybody likes a good party, especially one that's lively and doing the right. Man, we're going to hear a band like we've never heard before. Man, I, I'm telling you, it's going to be something else. We're going to be worshiping the God Almighty don't need any electric lights because his light shines it all I mean have y'all thought about what we got to look forward to and what we have to look forward to even now so who's coming to dinner I'm excited especially about this time of night when I'm hungry anyway who's coming to dinner are our friends all coming have we invited them and we said, man, come on. Put on this robe of righteousness, man. I'm telling you, it's awesome. Look what God, God sees. He doesn't see all the junk he's been up to. He looks right on over that stuff. He sees his son. The blood of his son on us. That's a glorious hope. That's a glorious story. And we forget that God loves us that much. And he doesn't just give us one chance. He usually gives us many. He's always given me way too many. Because he loves us that much. What a glorious God. We are blessed. We just need to trust him. He's offering it. He's telling us he's offering it. Let's get excited about it. Let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy his presence in our lives. Lord, we thank you for your word and what it teaches us. And Lord, you're so good to us and we thank you. We thank you for inviting us to be part of your family. We thank you, Lord, for being with us. We thank you that you've called us. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. We thank you. And we give you our lives. Take with us. Take us, use us. Help us, Lord, to further your kingdom. Give us courage and strength. 
and we'll give you the honor and the glory that you so deserve. In Jesus' name, amen. We sing, this is our invitation. If there's any decisions you need to make, we invite you to come.